Welcome to the Evolvepreneur AI Advantage Show, and I'm your host, Richard Ray. My mission is to help entrepreneurs understand AI and use it to their advantage. Join me today where we dig deep with our guests and get you the best concepts and strategies. Today's special guest is Stuart Marshall. Stuart describes himself as a SaaS advisor, investor, mentor, speaker, and probably most importantly, translator of IT gibberish. He's also the best-selling author of Kick Some SaaS, the Software Leader's Guide to Global Impact. With this, he teaches software leaders how to profit from their purpose. Today, we're talking about his take on AI and how to keep calm and carry on. It's just maths and text passing. Stuart, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Good to be here. I always like to ask my guest, Stuart, where in the world are you? I am on the slightly soggy north shore of Sydney this morning. Okay. I know it well. I do know that place well. Okay, so before we get purely into the AI side of things, tell us a little bit about your work with SaaS and how you educate software leaders. Uh, so I, I'm a, <laughs> a, a recovering R&D guy is probably the best way to put it. So I've spent my career building uh, high-speed development tools and other such things. Uh, and I now spend my time working with the up-and-coming SaaS community, helping them understand the enormous complexity of the world in which they've gone and put themselves. Uh, and really, my job is to cut through the enormity of the rather massive software world and IT world and turn it into nice, simple, plain English that we can all understand. Great. I think that's one of the most important things that we're trying to achieve, especially on this podcast. So how does what you're doing translate into the world of AI? Well, AI is, is depending on who you ask, AI is either uh, the foreboding story of our soon demise or it's the next big thing from which we can all benefit uh, and, and my lens is largely the latter mm -hmm. so we, we have to look at ai as really just uh, just the next iteration of everything we've been doing in the world of technology for the last 50 or 60 years or so mm -hmm. uh, and it's nothing to be frightened of nothing to be worried about it's just a tool we can use so we need to look at it in the context of the the problems we're trying to solve in our businesses and how are you advising business leaders to, to do this? How are you getting them to embrace AI? Um, I'm not specifically. Uh, my, the answer to the, the question is really, what's the problem? What problem are you trying to solve? If the problem you're trying to solve can be addressed by some generative AI or generative AI can be a component of the solution that you choose, then great. AI is the way forward. If the reality of the situation is what you need is the vision and insight that only humans can bring, then you have a, a human problem that you, you're going to be solving. So it's AI is just a tool in the toolkit. So in that, there's probably a tendency for a lot of people to suddenly go, oh, I must use AI. How do you help them make that choice of, hey, let's do AI or let's do, you know, a, a, like you say, a solution that uses real people? It, it's really... It, it's just good old fashioned common sense, common, yeah, right, common sense, Richard, as we both know, yeah. is uh, um, a, <laughs> a rare commodity. But it, it is really just getting back to basics and stripping down a problem to its component pieces and saying, what can we solve? How, can, how are we best positioned to solve this? Sometimes that is going to be AI, sometimes it's going to be people. We need to understand the problem before we can find an answer. And are you seeing people just 
defaulting to AI and assuming that it's going to solve all their problems? Oh, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I was at the uh, the New South Wales um, Government AI Summit a week or so back, and there was one, one of the stories told was um, one I'd seen before, which was a guy in the US, uh, a lawyer in the US who went to court with a, a document that had been generated by AI, which referred to a whole bunch of test cases which didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, and th this is someone who's bought into the um the sales message that uh, ai is going to solve well i'll just go and use ai it's going to solve all my problems no problem there uh and we see it with people uh who are getting their own legal advice from chat gpt uh you know there's the, 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 that kind of stuff people just think it's going to solve the problem and take it as read that because somebody said it's great it will yeah i've seen a lot where people have said that they've used chat gpt and for some things it's absolutely wonderful but then other times it's essentially hallucinated. And as you say, with that court case, it was cases that didn't really exist. So, yeah, so I'm writing a train. I'm building a training program at the moment. Mm -hmm. And ChatGPT is really, really helpful for just producing a draft outline of a subject matter I want to write about. Mm -hmm. I've got books to refer to, a uh, vast array of information on the Internet. And ChatGPT helps make a good start. It doesn't write the whole thing. I have to go through it. I have to proofread it. I have to modify to put it mm -hmm. into to my English uh, and to, to build the sort of subject that I want to talk about. But it's a good, it, it's a good, um, it's a good housemate. It's a good helper. Yeah, I, I see that myself. You know, it's a very good helper uh, for at least proofing or you know, coming up with ideas and you know, mm -hmm. kind of as like an extra friend that you can sit there with. So we've talked very briefly about people making overuse of AI. You see much resistance is there anybody that you've run into where you think you should really be using ai but they just say no 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 i mustn't um i have i don't think i've met any specifically yet but undoubtedly they're out there because people are frightened of it people have been frightened of ai for uh 40 years 50 years i mean we've been mm -hmm. teaching ai in universities since um before 2000 so ai as a concept is nothing new it's become popular in recent times because chat gpt produced an interface that looks like Google. So it was familiar. That That's why it's become popular, because it's a familiar environment. It looks just like everything we see daily. Uh, but it's existed for a long time. So you, th there is a, there's still a component where people look at it and they look at it with a lack of trust, because we associate AI as some sort of clandestine, clever thing uh that we we obviously, there's a lot of people still think that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalikes will be up and down George Street with uh, you know laser carbines in the forty watt range, yeah, yeah the, the, there is that that fear still exists of technology. So there are people who just avoid it on principle. I mean, they you know the modern luddites for want of a, a crass simile. So do you think that the media is you know um, responsible for this? Is it that you know more stories are being published about AI doing things like you know taking people's jobs rather than the positives that can be gained from it? Um, well, yeah, I mean the the. <laughs> Every new technology is going to take people's jobs, right? I mean, this this was the same in 1979 when the first PC came out. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, unemployment in Australia in 1979 was about 5%, give or take. Since 1979, which is what, 40 some odd years, we've sold billi literally billions of computers and unemployment is still much as it was. So th this idea that a technology is going to come along and going to take someone's job uh, from an individual's perspective, yes, it will. Someone will lose their job to technology. 
every technology has done that, whether it's been AI, whether it's been um, mechanization, whatever it might be. That's going to happen on a, on a wider scale. I don't believe it is going to take everyone's job. It's going to shift the jobs market. New jobs will come about. So, what do you think the new sort of jobs will be then? Because, you know, as we say, there are some jobs that will go and it's the same with I, every technology. I don't, know. I don't know. And that's kind of the point. We didn't, if you'd said, well, you know, will there be a whole bunch of data jobs in 10 years time with jobs like what was the one I saw the other night? I saw a slide with about 15 or 20 different data, this person, data commissario, data this, data that, data translator. I've no idea what these jobs do. And nobody would have, or very few would have even had the foresight to say this is a job that will exist in 10 years time. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of, we're kind of on the roller coaster. And we've got to assume that it's going to be a pretty good ride all in all. There might be bits we don't like, but for the most part, it's going to be fun. So we, we, need, to get a, we need to get away from this, this um, kind of scary notion that AI is big brother is out to get us. Uh, AI is not. AI is just a tool. People are out yeah. to get us. That's a different thing. We could talk about that at length. Well, uh, and that, that's the thing. I think, you know, it, it's like any tool. It can be used for good or bad. Which yeah, is, you know, absolutely. I think if people take that on board and if they embrace it and understand it more, then it's got to be a good thing in that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, there's, no, there's no point in being frightened of it. It's not out to get you. Go and, go and look at it and see what it does. Are you seeing any differences in the generational approach between, uh, say, older demographics and the younger demographics in using AI because, or embracing AI? Because traditionally, I've seen you know younger demographics that grab hold of new technology and run with it. Whereas with AI, I think there's actually the opportunity for everybody to benefit from it. Uh, well, yes, there is, uh, and everybody can have a go, right? But to use AI really effectively, you have to learn how to use the tool properly. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're, they're not they're not mind readers. ESP for functionality is still at a you know, minimum standard. Yeah. So if if I put a, a search into ChatGPT as a case in point, it's going to interpret that in whatever way it interprets it, and it's going to produce an outcome. And you can, mm -hmm. you can ask the same question in several different ways, and you can get very different answers. So it, learning to use the tool is, is something that the younger generation will typically embrace, will just mm -hmm. get in and get their hands dirty and have a go, and the older generation, much as my mother battled um, programming the video recorder in, in the 80s, will look at it and go, you know, I, I don't need to bother. It's not my, I, you know, it's not of benefit to me. I've got other things that are far more important to take my, my bandwidth. You see, that's a very interesting line that you said there. It's not of benefit to me. How do we get everybody to understand that it can be a benefit? Well, you can't. You can't any more than we can with any other technology. Ultimately, some people are going to look at it and go, and it's not that they don't necessarily understand that it won't be a benefit. It's it's to do with the amount of resource you've got. You know, we have we have time, we have money, we have emotional commitment, all of these different streams that we we measure the world by, and. I, we can look at AI from the point of view of saying, well, you know, is this or something that I will use today? Well, how do I want to spend my time today? Mm -hmm. And if there are things that take uh, more pressing, then we'll go and do that and we'll put it to the side. So it's not that people don't necessarily understand it can be valuable or that it will be. It's simply that it's just not high enough on their list to give a shit about.
That's a that's a really interesting take because one of the things that people have said on a regular basis is that AI could take away some of those repetitive tasks to actually free up the rest of uh, your time to do the more important things, potentially even improving the work-life balance. Do you think that's a fair take? Well, you, you put it in the context of uh, you know being a boss and having a team. You're the senior guy, somebody new comes on board, and there's a piece of work that comes up. Now, which do you want to do? Do you want to invest your time in training the young person to do that piece of work to take it off your desk, or are you just going to knock it out quickly? Because you know how to do it, and you you know, you know what outcome you're going to get, and, and that's AI is no different. It's whether I'm going to engage to offload something I know how to do today and invest in learning how to do it a different way. And at some point, there is a, there's a balancing act between well, okay, yeah, it's, it's five minutes of time, it's five minutes of time, versus mm -hmm. it's five hours of time. Somewhere there is a line in that continuum where we say ah oh, do you know what i'm going to make the effort to learn it will save me time in the long run i'll you know i can see the benefit yeah. i'll make that effort and it's down it's down to that that line in the sand where you know we go yeah okay and and find the time make the time to commit to it there seems to parallel uh, a lot of what i've seen in the past with people who you describe as micromanagers you know they surely know how to do everything better than you know the rest of the team mm -hmm. so they try and do everything uh, rather than take that step back and let the people that they've hired or yeah. the, the wider team do the job that they're hired for. Um, is that something that you think is going to change with AI, or is it just human nature? It's going to be the way it is. No, because people are people. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the, 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 the statement I make in, in, in Kick Some Sass a lot is if you're looking at the technology, you're missing the point. That, you know, it, it's, it's man and machine, not man or. So we, we have to learn how to work with these things, and we have to look at the world through the lens of human behavior first and foremost rather than the tools behavior and fundamentally people will just say i, I don't care it's in the too hard basket today i'm just going to do this now whether it should or shouldn't be it, it, we get with the benefit of hindsight um, you know the, the the reality is that human behavior is as it is and largely hasn't changed and doesn't change so is it worth leaders in companies actually leading by example and saying, hey, I have done this and in spending the time, or is it just a case of, hey, you're running a company, let's just get the job done? Well, as ever, it's what's the middle ground? Where, where, where does the rubber meet the road for me as an individual, my circumstances, my mm -hmm. context, and everything else? If I've got the resources to point my team at solving a problem, and, and I can say, person A, I want you to go learn all about this, I want to be able to do this in six months time this is where i would like the business to be then it's mm -hmm. a strategic decision that we can make no problem we can find the resources we can make it happen if i'm in the world of tactics and, and i'm putting out fires on a daily basis i'm not sparing a resource to go and learn about chat gpt mm -hmm. and, and so we're, we're in this it's a it's just a tool right i mean that we need to remember that it's not magic it doesn't do brilliant things it's not human it doesn't have human insight it's a clever regurgitation of everything that currently exists. And, and I don't wish to in any way to belittle my colleagues in this space because they're doing extraordinary work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But fundamentally, it's just a tool. It's no more impressive or less impressive than a delivery van. So I think that, well, I think that's a very important point to get across. Again, it is just a tool and people shouldn't be afraid of it. They, they can use it in lots of different ways. And potentially a little bit of investment of time, if you can find it, is going to be a good thing, but you can't always do that. No, absolutely. It's down to your circumstances. And yes, it can be valuable, 
but we need to understand that value in your context. And until we understand, so until we understand the problem we're solving and whose problem it is, then we can't, you know, we find, anybody can find a first answer. Finding the right answer is the real challenge. So we, we need to make that, that, that grown up decision and get some people in and help us make those decisions. So with your approach uh, and in your book, Kick Some SaaS, or with anybody that you've worked with, either through SaaS, AI, or any other tools, mm-hmm. have you got any examples where people have really turned it around? You know, you, help them, you, you coach them and said, hey, let's look at it from this direction and they've had that light bulb moment. Um, most of the examples I have really are actually telling people to, to calm down. Okay. And, and to sort of to stop. It's hard to come up with a specific one without having to explain all the context that goes behind it. No problem. But it's this idea, oh, we should use AI for that. And it's like, no, 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 you shouldn't. You shouldn't because you don't know what you're doing yet. You don't know the problem you're solving. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you have a symptom of something and you say, oh, we can check, AI will solve that. And it's like, well, will it? Let, let's, let's take it, let's take a step back. Yes, we may well be able to use AI in the long term or in the future, in the even medium term, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But until we understand where we are, then the answer is no, there's no right answer. There is an answer. So let's go and do that. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people who are using AI to write content and help yep. help them get content out. Uh, and, and for me, that's an absolutely massively valuable um, feature of generative AI uh, and, and, and image generation. Yeah. Just for making those nice promotional images that we put on posts and other such things, I think it's really valuable. Uh, but again, they're, they're using it as a means to get this 50% done so that they can then write the next 50% themselves and get it polished up. Uh, and, uh, and as I say about generative AI, one of the things that it does is that it helps the people who can't. It doesn't mm-hmm. diminish the capacities of those who can. So um, it's, it's a leveler. It helps, it brings everybody up. It doesn't bring it the top down. It just brings the bottom up. So as long as we look at AI and take out sort of our approach based on the fact that it can be helpful, rather than it is going to be this magic wand solution, then we get a much better lens on how to use it. And I think what you're saying is, there is very important to anybody that's listening. It's not some panacea. It's not a magic wand that, you know, it suddenly can, with very little effort, solve all your problems. It's a new tool set. And, you know, AI is an all-encompassing you know, a term that is on so many different topics. But mm-hmm. if it's not a one-size-fits-all, and it's also not going to solve all your problems overnight. No, uh, and the really important um, thing to understand in all of this, uh, as I was saying before, that uh, we've been studying and teaching AI for 30, 40 years now at least, mm-hmm. uh, is there is a lovely phrase that comes out of the, the software industry, which is this year's AI is next year's software, <laughs> which, which is this idea that it's brilliant, it's fantastic, look how, br- look how stunning this is, look what it can do. And next mm-hmm. year is like, oh, yeah, I'll just use that thing that does this thing. And look at these other new things that have come up. They're really brilliant. And everything last year looks really dull. And it's, oh, it just does that. You know, oh, it's just a large language model. Oh, it's just some machine learning. Yeah, uh, and insert AI capacity here. Yeah, it's, it, it's just mm-hmm. one of those. And next year it will be, oh, but everybody just uses a neural network now. Because that's what it is. That's what you've got available. Yeah. And now it, it's everywhere. It's, as, as, as I describe AI, it's just some posh maths and text parsing. Yeah, I mean, which is horribly belittling, but is essentially what's going on underneath. 
which has been there for a long time. But as you say, now we've got the zeitgeist of ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. It's a term that a lot of people are aware of. I mean, for me, it's a bit like the moon landings from 1969. Incredible at the time. But by the second or third mission, nobody was watching. Mm, Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've done that now. Yeah. It's astonishing, Uh, but whatever. Which which is why binging on Netflix and and binge and other such things is great. So we can watch a series, get it over and over, go, that was great. I've had enough of it now. uh, And move on. Get on with the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, a, a brief little moment, and that's fun. Now back to normality and getting fed and walking the dog and you know putting the kids through school and all the other stuff we do. So do you see AI making a wholesale change in society, or is it this just natural progression? Oh, do you know, I want to say it's a natural progression. It's just a step forward. I, I mean, I, I there's a certain part of me that looks at it from the wouldn't it be great if Mm -hmm. but it is it's it's a progression it's a step forward um uh, one of the things that came out the new south wales summit was that one of the uh jobs they're doing down at unsw now is they're listening to the sound of water mains Mm -hmm. now that's not something humans are going to do particularly well but ai is really good at deconstructing sound waves and building um doing best guess stuff as to whether a water main is going to need fixing okay now when we look at the it turns out that when they did the stats on the what the existing engineers think versus what their ai solution can produce the existing engineers are only a little bit better than chance at guessing whether a water main is going to need fixing mm-hmm. ai is about 30 40 percent better than them wow, so that's that's now before it gets any better that that's a step forward today, but fundamentally, I mean, and the, the AI can get better, but ultimately, it's only got one metric that it's dealing with, which is the sound wave that's mm. coming out of the pipe. So until we get better at understanding the many component pieces that make up a sound wave, then there's no way we can be any better at predicting the uh, the state of the pipe. And of course, the important point here is it's not the AI that's had the idea about listening to the sound; it's the it's humans. A human. So it's human interpretation of a set of information that we've got and learning to ask the right question that we can then point some maths at to get an answer for us. Yeah, and there are already sensors which detect flow within pipes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, externally. So we are non-invasive sensors. So somebody has invented that in the past, human in- ingenuity, and now this is just taking it to that next level. But again, it's human ingenuity and then using AI as a tool mm-hmm. to make that idea real. Uh, and there's the, the important point, and particularly with this particular uh, mm-hmm. case, is that this doesn't increase or decrease the number of amount of work we're doing. No. It just changes when we do it. Yeah. It means that instead of panicking and having water gushing out into the sky because the water mains burst, we've, we will be better at predicting that failure. But we're so, still going to dig up the road and we're still going to fix it and we're still, or whatever process we go through to resolve that issue. So, so net net, people are still going to do the same amount of work, but hopefully those panic situations where you know the water mains have burst, we can start to avoid some of those theoretically. We, we should be less reactive and more proactive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, so it's that's a, one of it, it will. So it helps us predict our future, and that can't be a bad thing. No, that's got to be a good thing. So beyond that, globally, or you know, just in Australia, or anyway, who have you seen, or which companies have you seen that, that you think are doing AI well? Well, my, my former uh, employer down at WiseTech, mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, it, they have a whole bunch of AI stuff that they're doing, which is cargo-wise, which is their primary package, is all about moving um, goods from port to port, uh, customs mm -hmm. to customs. And of course, the 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 knock-on effect of customs to customs is when the ship lands and the big cranes move all the, the containers off, you want to have some trucks arriving at the right time. So a lot of the work that's going, or some of the work that's going on down at uh, WiseTech is using uh, some interesting AI ideas to look at that um, travel predictions and try and make sure that everybody is where they need to be when they're supposed to be, rather than I got there two days early because I wasn't sure. You know, you yeah. don't want to have a driver sitting around for a couple of days doing nothing. So it's that again back to this idea that we use AI as a predictive measure. Mm -hmm. That that for me is one of the very sort of clever ways in which we can do it. And is that example you've described there really just another evolution in a similar way to the pipes that we talked about of the just-in-time methodology that a lot of businesses have used? Yeah, 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 same, same. It, we're just better at looking at the data we have and making intelligent guesses as to where we're going. Now, I mean, it, this is, uh, if you like, it's exactly the same as an actuarial model mm -hmm. at, at a basic level. It's somebody looking at what's gone on in the past and the data they have and say, this is what I think is the likely outcome for the next uh, six months, six weeks, six days, six hours, whatever it might be. It's just using the data we have more intelligently, applying uh, a weighted maths model to it to produce an outcome. So just another refinement, another evolution of what we've done before, but using AI to find those new patterns, to see things and just yeah. tweak it and refine things. Uh, man and machine, not man all. We're just being better at what we're doing. And I think and that, that is... Go ahead, sorry, head. That, that's fundamentally the, the point of technology. Right? Whether it, uh, the the simile I make is, is the uh, the Hubble digging stick, which you know it was a fire hardened, sharpened piece of wood that the early man used for digging in the ground to get a root out because he was hungry, wanted some dinner. That is a no different from a technological point of view from its fundamental value to AI. That's the, these two exist on the same continuum. We had a problem, we found a tool, and we used it. Now, one tool was a stick that we could pick up off the ground and do a little bit of work to, and it was done. The other is a really complex computer system. But fundamentally, it's humans addressing human problems with a tool. And the right tool at the right time. Right tool for the right job. Fantastic. So, Stuart, I always like to ask my guests, if you had one piece of advice that you want to get out there to everybody, maybe that one piece of advice you, which you, you'd had early on, but when it comes to AI, what would you want everybody to think? Oh, um, don't be frightened. Have a go. Mm -hmm. Have a go. Um, take the outcome with a pinch of salt. Uh, and, and as we titled the show, keep calm, carry on. Mm -hmm. There's, there is really nothing to worry about. Those, you know, get involved. Have a go. Fantastic. I think that's great advice. Stuart, where can people find you and what's that big project uh, that you want people to look at? Uh, well, look, um, the, the easiest place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for my name. I turn up on Google very easily at the top of the page these days, which is quite good. Um, obviously, as I have one of these lying around, everybody should go and get a fantastic copy of this. Buy 10. Uh, the more you buy, the happier I become. Um, and let's get and let's uh, get the name of that book again. Uh, the book is called Kick Some Sass. It is the Software Leader's Guide to Creating Global Impact. It is my vision of how we can use the enormous scale and reach of SaaS to do some extraordinary good in the world and help those who don't have because uh, you and I, Richard, can afford to spend $49, $50 a month, whatever it might be, 
on a SaaS platform and an extra dollar we wouldn't miss. That extra dollar is 100 days of drinking water for someone or 100 packets of seeds. Uh, and that can make an enormous difference to a lot of people. And that sounds like a separate podcast in its own right, which we oh, there's a, we a story about. there as well. Fantastic. Well, Stuart, thank you for your time today. Really interesting. Great take on AI. Really appreciate it. Entirely my pleasure, Richard. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on another awesome guest episode for the Evolpner AI Advantage Show. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we would be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at AIadvantage.show right now. Until next time, I'm Richard Ray, and if you're an entrepreneur, get the AI Advantage today.